Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Return to your seats. Remain standing with me. We are so honored to have our evangelist with us this morning. Brother Shane Burns, Sister Adele Burns, Sister Madeline that is here, Brother Michael that's home. They've been such a blessing to this church. When, when they came, and I believe it was 2018, Brother Burns um, came, I think, with intentions to just stay for uh, a week or, or two, and uh, a week turned up into four weeks, and and uh, 28 services in 28 days. I think we had him preach here, and uh, but there was a there was a reason for that, and uh, he didn't just come with with uh, with a cookie cutter message he didn't come with just something preached all over the place but he came with a word from God for this church and every service it was peeling another layer away and God did such amazing things and we believe that this morning God has sent him to us amen the Bible says how can you hear without a preacher how can he preach except he be sent we believe that he's not just here this morning but God has sent him here God has sent him here. Somebody say, God has sent him here. Before he comes, I I want us to lift our hands. We've prayed, but in the spirit of the Lord is here. I want you to pray. I want you to lift your hands and close your eyes and pray, Lord, I believe he is sent here. I open my spirit to the man that you have sent. God, that you have sent all over this room. I want you to pray it in English. I want you to pray it. Lord, I open my spirit to the man you have sent to us. I open my spirit to you now, O Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The Bible says that the promises of the Lord are yea and amen. The preacher gives the yea. He gives the promise. He gives gives what's going to happen, what God's doing. But there is a requirement of us as the body. There has to be an amen in us. Amen. Do you, you want everything that God has for you this morning? Do you want what God has for you? Come on, somebody say amen. That means so be it. Let it come to pass. Not just in somebody else, but it means let it come to pass in my life. If you're going to preach with the preacher this morning, somebody say amen. Let's clap our hands and welcome for the Burns as he comes to minister. Amen. Somebody clap your hands to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If God's done anything for you, you ought to clap your hands like you mean it. Has God been good to anybody at the anchor? I wonder if you can maybe tilt your head back and close your eyes and give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, lift your voice and shout unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Sometimes you don't know what to say. You just got to go, woo! There's a powerful move of the Holy Ghost that's here today. Aren't you thankful for the word of the Lord that you just heard? 
How's the little week? Aren't you thankful for the word of the Lord that you just heard? Woo! A quick revelation for you is this. You have one of the greatest pastors and preachers in all Pentecost. behind amazing man is Bishop Bounds. You have an amazing wife, Sister Cindy, and those four amazing children. Amen. And look, I mean, Jillian is backing me up on the keyboard. I mean, that's, that's epic right there. That's just amazing. I mean, wow. Amen. All those, all those children becoming young adults and growing like, I'm not saying you're a young adult, but I am saying like your sister Lakin, she's becoming a young adult and she is a young adult and saw you're growing tall and handsome and slicking up and cool hairdo and you know, all that got the pants that he's ready for the high waters to come and I mean, he's got it going on powerful Woo. hey, don't worry about it, it's cool, I just can't get by with it, hey man, he's trying to pull it <laughs> Such, a, such an honor to be with them and love them very, very much and appreciate their friendship and their kindness, allowing, allowing us to be a part of the anchor. And Pastor Cody and Sister Lauren and their children, Brother Nehemiah is here and his wife and family is with them Thursday night. All the ministry staff, the team, the men of God, the preachers that are here. Um, no doubt I've been probably way more blessed to be a part of the anchor than than uh, you allowing me to be here, and I'm so very, very blessed to stand before you. And my amazing wife is with me, Adele. God bless her. Amen. She she is a a praying, fasting, devoted woman of God. And uh, I've been telling people, if they let her have the mic and speak, it's over. They'll never ask me back. And so I'm uh, very grateful for her, and my daughter Madeline is here. And uh, if, you, if you don't know where she is, she's sitting by Sister Cindy. I mean, that way I can call her out in front of everybody. If she'll just wave, she's shaking her head no. I mean, she wants to raise her hand and do that, but she's just giving me the head shake anyways. So God bless her. She's now 12 and Michael's 17. And um, they're growing so fast, don't they? Just, uh, just amazing. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm so glad you look better than I do. God. The book of Acts, Acts chapter number 28, Acts chapter number 28. There are sometimes as an evangelist that you go places because you're asked. And there are other, other times that you go because you're sent and you're in God's will and the timing of it is perfect. I'm not here by accident today. I'm not here by accident this morning, nor am I here by accident this evening. Um, I, I felt very strong that um, we need to have a service tonight, and I didn't say one word to Bishop Bounds at all, and he called a service for tonight. Now, when I was here a few years ago, I wasn't praying or expecting extra services, but praise God, this weekend, amen, it is the divine will of God, and you do not want to miss tonight's service. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, please say, please don't miss tonight. Amen. There's no telling. I know who's going to be here. We'll be 
God's perfect will. But you do not want to miss tonight's service. Amen. I, I do feel a very strong word tonight. And uh, no doubt God is going to visit us. And we're going to have an old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Acts chapter number 28 and verse number 1. I read to you six verses of Scripture in this fifth book of the New Testament. Acts chapter 28 and verse number 1. When you find it, say, I got it. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came out a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hands. There, there will never be a natural fire that can burn out a spiritual, that a spiritual thing that comes out of that heat. You would have thought that natural fire could have burned out that venomous beast, but that spiritual attack was not controlled just by a natural fire. We need a spiritual fire. We need a baptism of spiritual fire. I believe it's here. Praise God. Verse number three, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, I read that, verse four, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly but afterward they had looked a great while they saw no harm come to him they changed their minds and said that he was a god I preached to you from this thought for a little while this afternoon the antidote the antidote amen would you put your Bibles down and thank the Lord for his word one more time would you do that together in the name of the Lord How many is hungry for the word of the Lord today? Lord Jesus, I pray that your divine will be done in this service here today. We've already heard a word. There has been, God, a sovereign move of your spirit at the anchor this morning. I pray, God, that you'd put words in my mouth to speak life, God, to this body. I pray that, Lord, you would confirm your word with the miracles and signs and wonders following. I pray that there'd be a supernatural shift in this service that God would catapult this church into God the throes of revival like they've never seen before. I pray that you'd pour your spirit out on the young and the elder that sits before me and stands before me today. Let there be a mighty move of the Holy Ghost, Lord. I bind every spirit, whether human or demonic, that would hinder the will of God in this house here today. God, help us to sit together in heavenly places. Let the will of God be done among us today. And everybody say, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I never have been and will probably never be any type of snake lover or snake liker. Can I get a witness in the house? Amen. I tolerate looking at them through 
a thick plexiglass uh, viewing box or habitat, maybe at a zoo or somewhere at some type of reptile center, but I don't have much desire to go check the snakes out. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to feed them. I definitely don't want one anywhere near my house. Somebody say amen. I don't really care if they are poisonous or if they are non-poisonous. It's all irrelevant to me. Amen. One preacher, Bishop White, preached, there are no little snakes. Amen. They, they are all nuisance to me. I know some of them do good, but I'm just of the preference that I don't really, I don't really care if they have round eyes and it's a sign that they're non-poisonous or if their eyes are squinty and they have pits in their I really don't care if they're, if they're long or short or they're bright or they're dull or how big their fangs are, if they don't have any fangs at all. I just, I'm not a snake type of guy. Just, just so you know today, amen, just this church is not a snake handling church. I thought somebody stand up, shout hallelujah on that one, praise God. <laughs> amen, only... Perhaps we could say that maybe in some of our minds that only, only good snakes are, are dead snakes. Amen. But the, the fact remains, snakes are real, and there is, even, there is even a season of, there is a snake season. Maybe not so much here, but maybe over there in West Virginia, praise God. They may have some snake seasons, not sure, but maybe in Texas and South, there, there are different ones in so much that uh, snakes are so dangerous that they say from the CDC that 8,000 people in the U.S. get bitten annually. That's, I guess that's quite a bit of people. If you, if you get bit perhaps by some type of, of snake, whether it be a venomous or a non-venomous snake, you are, they say, to treat it no matter what type of snake that it is, that it's poisonous. Because you cannot afford to get bit by one and risk the chances that it is a highly poisonous snake, whether you know it or not. You just can't risk it. Matter of fact, if you get bit by one, they say that you need to go and get an antidote or an antivenom to counteract the poison that perhaps is put into your body. As long as you receive the antidote and the antivenom in time, everything's okay. But if you don't get it in enough time, and you don't get it administered in enough time, it could be very dangerous for you. But as long as you receive the antidote and you get it just in time, you're going to be all right. Because the antidote works. The antivenom works against the poison that maybe the snake has put into your natural body. It is very, very crucial that you get it administered as soon as you can. Should any poison whatsoever get put into your body, this is just known facts, just bear with me, should it get put into your body at any length of time by a snake? You are wise if you go to the doctor and get an antivenom or an antidote to get fixed. You see, when there's an antidote that is needed, price is no option. Compromise is no option when an antidote is needing. You don't wait, you don't, you don't take your time, you don't chill out and just say, well, maybe one day I'll go. No, you make up your mind that I'm going to do what it takes to make sure that I get an antidote. There is this thing called sin and perversion and false doctrine 
and drugs and alcohol and ungodliness that is striking families and homes and people. It is ingesting venom into homes and teenagers and moms and dads. The serpent of sin is trying his best to pervade your home and to pervade your family. You're not just a family attending a church, but there's a target on you that the enemy would like to do his dead level best to take you out of the church of the living God. Amen. But I'm arising this sacred desk to preach to you today that greater is he that's in you. I, I don't know if you're going to help me preach here today or not, but I'm going to preach anyway. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. You need to understand that you're a child of the king. There's more to you than meets the eye. You've been washed in the blood. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And you've got power. You've got authority over every trick and over every vice of the enemy. Come on, you're not some weak, anemic child. You're not just some Johnny come lately. You're a child of the king. Hallelujah. You're, is there any Jesus name people in the house? Is there any Bible believing Holy Ghost filled people in the house that you know how big your God is? How strong your God is? That he is mighty to save. Somebody clap your hands and shout yes. Revelations 12 and 9 says that old serpent called the devil. He is trying to, he's trying to transfer his venom into the body of Christ. There are many of you that have avoided that attack, but there's families and there's individuals on the sound of my voice this morning that the enemy has come in as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has attacked you. He has attacked your marriage. I'm not trying to elevate him. I'm trying to expose him. I'm trying to get us beyond the attack today to walk in victory in Jesus Christ. Some of you are suffering from the poison of perversion. Some of you are suffering from the poison of your past. And some of you are suffering from the attack of the enemy telling you that you're nothing, that you're worthless, and you can't live for God. Well, let me just say it like this. The devil is a lie, and if he's opened his mouth, he is lying to you. Come on, there is no truth in him. Every time he opens his mouth, it's a lie from the pits of hell because there is no Come on, you're not going to be below, you're going to be above. Come on, he said, I'll make you above and not below. He said, I'll make you the head and not the, I don't know who's been lying to you. You're a powerful saint of God. You've got great potential. You're going to do great things for God. Come on, the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Oh, you can't get out of this trial. I'm about to get out of this trial. You can't get beyond the attack. You're in a dark season right now. Well, there shall be light in the evening time and God will bring... God will bring great revelation and understanding in the middle of the greatest attack that you've ever been in your life. Greater is he, greater is he that's in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 says, 
that we are not ignorant of his devices. Everybody say devices. Some of you, if you're not careful, you can become ignorant of your own device. But the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. What does that mean? It doesn't mean the kind of device that we would think of our phone or our devices or our iPads or computers or whatever. No, we are not ignorant of his devices, meaning the thought and the context of what the mind or the person is thinking about. We are not ignorant of the projections of thoughts that the enemy tries to put into our minds. We are not ignorant of what the spirit world would project to us to tell us that we're not going to have a revival or we're not going to have a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We are not ignorant of the enemy trying to lie to us that we're going to be status quo. God, deliver us from average mediocrity. Deliver us from having casual church and just a casual approach to God. But help us to get back where we know we need to get back. Give me those old paths. And those old ways and the things of God that God has for us. We're not ignorant of the poison he's trying to put into our mind. Daniel chapter 7 verse 25, the Bible says he shall wear out. Everybody say wear out. You feel wore out? He shall wear out meaning to afflict, to wear out in a mental sense the saints of the Most High God. It's right here. He's trying to wear you out right here. But when you get an antidote, everything changed. You need an antidote when the enemy is trying to invest. He's trying to infest your mind with the poison of this world and the poison of what he's trying to do to destroy you. You need to find somewhere. You need an antidote. You need something to counteract the poison. Well, I've come to preach to you about the antidote uh, that will help you counteract the attack of the enemy and overcome the mental nonsense uh, and the mental thinking that the enemy would try to, uh, try to infiltrate into your minds. Uh, he cannot wear us out. Uh, he will try, but we understand uh, there is a higher power. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. This word that we preach, it is life. The word that we preach is powerful. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Come on, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth thereof, but the word of our God shall stand forever. If you're thankful for the word of God, you ought to stand to your feet. You ought to clap your hands. You ought to create an atmosphere of worship, thanking God for his divine word. Come on, has the word ever changed you? Has the word ever challenged you? Has the word ever did something in your life? Come on, it's this word of God that we preach. We need the word. We need a word from God. In the middle of your greatest attack, if you get a word from God, you can overcome any trial. You can go through any fire. You can go through any flood. You will overcome. Come on, by the word of of your testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Woo! I 
I think I opened a can of worm here, so I might as well just go fishing. I'm telling somebody, quit believing the report of the enemy. Quit believing the report of hell. It's time we believe the report of the Lord. We say, you know what? If, if the devil said we couldn't have it, we're about to get it. If the devil said there wasn't a way, we're about to receive that way. If the devil said it wasn't going to get better and it wasn't going to get fixed, you better mark it down. It's about to get better and it's about to be fixed. Anybody ever been the greatest fight in your life? And all of a sudden in prayer or a moment at church service like this, God gave you a word from God. And when you got that word from God, it carried you through the storm. It carried you through the trial. It carried you through the most devastating, difficult season of your life. Maybe everything around here is perfect for some of you. But I've got a premonition that some of you are facing some great obstacles in your family and in your home. You're going through some things. You know what God's going to do? He's going to bring you the antidote because it's going to counteract the poison of the enemy that's trying to destroy your home. I, I can hear it in the Spirit saying, He brought me out of a miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. devil's nervous in Zanesville because there's some folks fixing to get an antidote to counteract the poison and the lies of the enemy. Come on. Some of you thinking, man, I don't think I belong at the anchor. That's a lie. Some of you thinking, well, man, I don't know if I can make it through this one. This is a really rough one. I think the enemy may take me out. That's a lie. He don't have authority or power to do anything to you. If he doesn't have God's permission, he can't touch you. Pardon the worldly song reference, but you can't touch this. You need to tell the devil in the morning, you can't touch this. You have no authority over Why? Because when you get a word from God, it changes everything. It changes everything. Oh, oh, Paul, Paul, it was sent to Rome in Acts chapter number 27. The Bible says that he's there and uh, he, he tells them, listen, he was one of the 276 soldiers and he's there with all those soldiers and he tells them, listen, I don't feel good about this journey. I don't feel like we should take this journey. I don't feel like we should set sail. But yet the Bible says uh, they listened to Julius, uh, they listened to the centurion and the owner of the ship and they said, no, we're going to go anyways. And so they set sail. In verse 9 of 27, it says uh, that when, now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed that Paul admonished him saying he said sir I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage but all, but not only to the lading of the ship but also our lives and they said that the owner and the master of the ship they listened to them more than they did the things that the man of God said you are in big trouble when you listen to the other voices and not listen to the voice of the man of God in your life. 
I feel that same I feel that same tension that Bishop just felt just a little bit ago. I feel some flesh rising up in here because you're fixing to go on some consecration and God's fixing to do some tremendous things. But it was it was after it was after the fast was over that they listened to the ship owner instead of the man of God. But when they did this and they set sail anyways, they took their course and what happened? There was a storm that developed. Because any time you listen to the other voices instead of the man of God in your life, you're going to face a storm. Eurocladon comes, and the wind starts blowing and starts tossing the ship. And the Bible says they couldn't see the sun nor the stars. They had no sense of direction. They lost their ability to navigate which direction they were heading. They didn't know which way they were going. They didn't know what to do. It was dark because in nautical days, if you can't see the sun or the stars, you don't know where you're at. You don't know which direction you're heading. You don't know where to go. You don't know if that's the shore. You don't know if that's the island. You're lost at sea. And the Bible says that when they could not see the sun nor the stars and no small tempest laid upon them, all hope that we should be saved was then lost. Their hope was gone. Darkness had set in. They were in a bad place. They were in a difficult season. But the Bible says that after long abstinence, I don't know about you, but when you feel like you're in a dark place and you don't know which direction and you don't know what to do, you don't just make a decision. You need the antidote. You need a word from God in the middle of the storm because if you get a word from God, it'll sustain you. It'll keep you. It'll help you in your darkest hour. The Word of God will keep you through. It'll push you through. So after long abstinence, the Bible says of Paul that he said, Hey, I want you all to know something. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, fear not. I don't know what you're scared of. This storm is not going to destroy you. I don't know what you're scared of. These winds are not going to blow you out of the ship. I don't know what you're scared of. You don't know what direction you have every right maybe to be scared. But the Bible says he's not given us the spirit of fear. We got to tell fear to go. You need to tell fear to take a hike. You need to tell fear, come on, that anxiety and that depression and that fear, it's got to go in the fear go in the name of Jesus. Fear leave in the name of Jesus. God deliver us from the fear of making mistakes Oh, we're, we're going to mess up. We're, we're going to do the wrong thing. We're gonna, Bubba, you ain't going to do the wrong thing. As long as you're praying and seeking God and fasting, you're not going to get off course. Quit letting the devil get you here and say, well, he, I'm going to mess up or I'm going to do something wrong or I'm going to go somewhere too long or stay. you got to make up your mind that when you get a word from God and you get it from your mind into your heart and you settle it in your spirit and you say, Lord, I can't mess up because I'm just following the cloud. 
I'm preaching. I feel some help coming right now. I'm preaching this church. As long as you're following the cloud, you can't mess up. He said, I'll be a fire. He'll be a pillar of fire by day, by night, and a cloud by day. The children of Israel, you won't miss God's will. If the cloud moves, move. But when the cloud stays put, then you stay put. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the authority of the Holy Ghost in this house. Well, well, I'm I'm unsure. I don't know if I should step this way. If the cloud's moving you that way, then follow the cloud. But if the cloud ain't moving, don't go anywhere. Somebody's somebody, see, you don't realize you just got an antidote to your situation right there. God just gave somebody a word in this house because you've been second-guessing yourself. If you're not careful, you'll second-guess yourself right out of the will of God. you got to make up your mind. I got that word six months ago or six years ago, and I'm going to hold to the word from God. And so in the midst of 276 soldier or prisoners rocking on that boat in the middle of the greatest storm they've ever faced. Oh, Paul gets an angelic visitation and says, fear not, Paul. Take me to that verse. Fear not, Paul. Because in the middle, in the middle of the attack of the storm, listen, the storm was a result of a bad decision and a bad choice because they wanted to go and the man of God said no. It was a result of the flesh. Do you agree with me? And so he he stands up after long abstinence and he says, listen. He said, fear not because I got a word from the Lord. Would you throw that up there? Acts chapter number 27, wherever verse reference it is. He said, fear not. Fear not, Paul. He said, you're going to stand before Caesar. Well, hang on just a second. Where's Caesar at? Caesar's not on the boat. What's that mean? That means that if Caesar's not on the boat, you're not going to die in this storm. You're going to be brought before Caesar. Caesar's not on the boat. So Eurachlidon is not going to destroy me because Caesar is not on this boat. When you get a word from God, you can go through the storm because Caesar's not. You seen Caesar around here? Nope. Then I'm going to be okay. Because I'm going to be brought before Caesar. Is Caesar in the low part of the ship? Nope. Can't find him there. Well, that means that I'm going to survive this storm. I don't care if the ship falls apart. I'm going to stand before Caesar. Some of you ain't getting what I'm preaching. I'm trying to help somebody right now. I don't care how hard the wind blows or how dark that it gets. If Caesar's not on the boat, then Eurachlan is not going to kill me. It's not going to destroy me because I have got the antidote. I'm going to stand and be brought before Caesar. Have you, have you seen Caesar? I ain't either. You seen Caesar? Hey, young people, you seen Caesar? That I don't care what storm you're facing right now in your home and what you're going through in your family, you're going to survive it. You're going to make it through it. You're going to push through it. I don't care. 
I don't care how difficult and rocky your family home is. I don't care how hard it's been. I'm trying to minister to somebody in this house. It may be hard. It may be difficult. But if you have got a word from God that you're going to stand before Caesar and be brought before Caesar, that means if Caesar's not on the boat, the boat's not going to destroy you. The storm is not going to destroy you. He said, for lo, God hath given all, all them that sell with thee. He said, wherefore, what? Because of this, because of this word I got from an angel, sir, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Are there any believers in the house? I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. So I say storm rock the boat. You ain't getting me. I say winds blow. You're not destroying me. Darkness set in. I'm not giving up hope in the midst. In the middle of your storm, in the middle of the wind, you just stand up and say, I still believe God. I still believe this doctrine. I still believe this message. I still believe the Holy Ghost. I still believe in holiness. I still believe in this one God message. And so, the Bible says that all of them survived. It got so bad that the storm tore the ship apart. It tore it in pieces. Those that could swim, they jumped over. I don't know about you, but I, I, if I was on the boat, I'd be thankful I could swim. I'd be like, folks, I'm jumping ship. I'm diving in. I may do a cannonball, praise God. But I'm going to swim, and I'm going to swim Do I find some shore and do I find some land. And the Bible says those that could swim, they jumped out and started swimming. The other ones, man, he said, you better get a hold of something. You better grab something because a piece of the ship, you better find something that floats so you don't go under. Amen. And so those that could swim, they swam. And those that could not, they grabbed onto something. You see, some of you, you may not know what to do when things fall apart. But if you'll get back in obedience and back in alignment to what the man of God said do, you'll survive. Quit. Quit operating in fear and start operating in faith. Quit looking for devils. Start looking for harvest. Quit looking for the darkness. Start looking for the light. Lift your hands with me and love him right now. I got to be quite honest and transparent with you here for a few moments. Can I be transparent with you? I got to come on and maybe an all right up here, but can I be transparent with you for a moment? That's better. Thank you. You just make me feel better. Make me want some Tom's ice cream or something. Praise God. Hot fudge and crushed peanuts. Hallelujah. <laughs> my, my, I'm feeling comfortable, so it could get dangerous right now. My my son Michael he's not he's not here with us because he's in a 
he's in a Votech tech school where he's getting training for to become an electrician, and he's graduating high school in April, and he, he's, got a, he's got a lot of good things going for him, but he's not here, and so I've got permission to share this with you, and so um, I really feel like that God wants to help a family here, okay? So I feel like that I'm going to share this, and hopefully it'll help somebody. Um, last year, probably for about a year and a half or so, maybe two years, um, it became um, very, very difficult, me and my son's relationship between each other. And um, most of it was spiritual, and some of it, some of it was just life and, and situations, but most of it was spiritual. And we, we started button heads. And if you parents have teenagers, something about when they go from 12 to 13, when you put a teen on their age, I don't know what happens, but, but, but you're rocking and hits, okay? There's a great, great wind that blows and the, the ship's rocking and it's, you, you don't know what to do. I mean, water's filling the boat. And you're trying to get water out and the sail's torn and you're trying to drive the family. You're trying to do everything you can. It just, it can be difficult. You teenagers, I know it doesn't appear that way to you, but it, it's like that sometimes. Now, at the anchor, all the teenagers are perfect, so I, I thank God for that. But, but elsewhere, there's teenagers that can be difficult. Is that better? That make y'all feel better? See, I love y'all. See, we're friends. We're tight. Uh, I, next time I come, I'll have my pants like this. We'll be cool. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> help me, Lord. I mean, my son Michael even has curly hair like that now. I mean, yeah, you. I'm talking to you. He, he grew his hair out up here. And uh, we didn't know it, but he's got like naturally curly hair. So he looks like he's got a mop on top of his head, you know. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No, he, he, he loves God. Anyways, help me, Jesus. Everybody say move on, preacher. So we started butting heads. I'd come home from preaching, man. There'd be tension in the home and frustration. And I'd try to tell him something. He argued with everything. And we just, we just kept butting heads. I mean, it was bad. My, my wife got so frustrated at me. She's like, Shane, if you don't stop, you're going to run him away. You're going to push him out of the house. I was like, bless God, this is my house. This is the way it's going to be. You know how dads are. You know, bless God, I'm gonna, this is the way it's going to be. And we, we just kept going back and forth. And, and finally, and when I started praying, started fasting, started seeking God. I, 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 just, I just want you to know that there's still power in prayer. I want you to know that there's some things that can only be boiled to the surface through prayer and fasting. There are some things that can... There's some things that can only be fixed when you go to God in consecration and prayer and you say, Lord, I don't know the answer, but you are the answer. I don't know what to do, but you'll help me. You'll show me. God, I feel so strong. The Holy Ghost right now. Anybody feel what I feel right now? There's a fresh anointing in this house. There's an authority in this house. This prayer and this fasting you're going into, it's going to boil some stuff to the surface. It's going to heal some things. It's going to bring some things together. It's going to turn some stuff around. It's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. 
Matter of fact, I feel it so strong that some of you, you feel like you're losing your teenage son or daughter. But after this prayer and fasting, and when this storm comes, there's going to be a word from God that's going to keep you, and it's going to pull them back in. Somebody better hear me. What I'm saying in the Holy Ghost, it's going to pull them back in. Did you hear what I said? You feel like you're losing them, but you're going to gain them back, and there's going to be a love and a loyalty like you've never seen before. How about some of you that don't have teenage sons and daughters that you'd believe God for those that do right now? How about some of you that don't have any children that you'd pray for a teenager right now and believe God to do some extraordinary, miraculous things in someone's life? I can't hear that prayer. I can't hear the prayer. I can't hear the prayer of a barren womb praying for somebody that's had children. I can't hear the prayer of a barren mama that says I can't have children, but I'm going to take up the responsibility to help pray for somebody else's children. I'm going to call their name out in prayer. They're fighting hell, but I'm going to fight hell with them. They're in the heat of the battle, but I'm going to fight with them in that battle. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. You can be seated. And so we were we were fighting, Pastor Cody. God have mercy. We were we're in the throes of it. Man, I'd come home and then there was no peace in the home. And we were going back and forth. Everything was a struggle. Son, take out the trash. We argued for 45 minutes about it. It was crazy. It, I'm just being transparent with you. I was I was a daddy. I was a daddy in the boat of my family that was seemed like it was out of control. The winds were blowing. The rock, the home was being tossed and turned and almost flipped inside out and upside down. And everything that I would try to handle, I'd try to keep my mouth shut. And I'd try to, I'd try to just shut up and I'd try to or be quiet. I'd, I'd try to just be good and try to just let things go. But man, something arise inside of me. And there, was a, there was a battle. It was a, it was a war. It was a war in the home. But I got to praying. I got to seek of the Lord, asking God for direction and wisdom and how to handle it. I got on the phone. I was praying. Actually, I was in my home praying a few months ago. And the Holy Ghost started giving me instruction, started to reveal to me what was going on and what I needed to do. What was happening is that God was coming along and he was giving me an antidote. He was putting an antidote right in my arm. I didn't know how to handle it. There was a poison in the home. There was a poison in our relationship. But all of a sudden, in one moment of prayer, it was like a download of God giving the antidote to, to fix everything. I got to praying in that home. And when I tell you the Holy Ghost, Brother Geo fell, it's probably one of the most powerful prayer meetings I've ever had personally in my home. I was praying in prayer, Holy Ghost, as the words in Bishop Bounds, I was thunder praying. Him and Josh Carson, let's say thunder praying. That's what I was doing. I was thunder praying in the home. I was there all by myself. Can I tell you, you can get an antidote without a doctor. You can get an antidote without your pastor. You can get an antidote without your Sunday school teacher. 
You can get an antidote without a mama or a daddy. You can get an antidote without a husband. You can get an antidote. Come on, you don't need money to get this antidote. All you need is a little seeking. All you need is a little faith. You don't need a whole lot. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, but if you'll use what you got and get some faith, it'll change everything. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to hurry. So I felt, I felt the Holy Ghost just inject an antidote to counterattack the poison I had in my home. And I was praying. Got a text message from a prophet. Hey, I'm just checking on your family. Is your family okay? I didn't even respond to his message. The phone rang. A pastor in our district called me in the middle of that prayer. He said, he said, hey, hey, Brother Burns, I said, I said, bro, I'm in prayer, and unless you got a word from God, I don't have time to talk to you. That's what I told him. And I said, do you have anything? And he paused for a minute. He said, oh, no. He said, well, no, matter of fact, I do. And the Holy Ghost, we started praying. And I, I probably have never had that type of prayer meeting on the phone with somebody else. I'm telling you, it was absolutely powerful. For about an hour to hour and a half, it was nothing but praying and praying and praying and then the Holy Ghost brought the antidote he said he said Shane he said I want you to get a tub hand me that tub he said I want you to get a tub My, no one was home no one was at the house nobody was at the house at all I want you to help me come here and help me I want you to, he said I want you to get a tub and he said I want you to get your son he said I want you to fill that tub full of water come here and sit right here on the steps you're doing great you're perfect Perfect fit. Michael's about your size. Six foot one, 235. I don't know what you weigh. I'm not going to tell nobody, but he's about that size. I love you, man. <laughs> he said, get a tub, fill it full of water. I don't know about you, but I've never had personal foot washing in my house before. But the Holy Ghost told me, I want you to wash your son's feet. My son... Walked in the garage door. I said, son, I said, I want you to go sit in the living room. I want you to go sit in the chair. I want you to, I want to put, your, put your feet in the water and I'll be right with you. I got off the phone with that pastor. I hung up. I went to my son in the living room. I, his, he was taking his shoes and socks off. I had him just put one foot in there. Your foot's too big. He put, <laughs> you're doing good, man. Got to tell them to get us a bigger tub for a big foot, okay? They didn't do it. I put his feet in that tub, and I got down the floor with my son, and I started washing his feet. You know what was happening? Something began to break, and something began to shift. I said, God, we're throwing all this stuff away. We're washing it all. And I took my son's hand and I just threw stuff in the tub. And I put his feet in the tub and I started washing them. Can I tell you, when it was all said and done, I was laying in the floor, all the way in the floor. My water was all over my arms, my face. Half of my body was soaking in water from that tub. And I started praying and I started praying. And all of a sudden, I felt my son start shaking. He started shaking a little bit under the power of God. 
God. We kept on praying for about a solid hour. I groaned in the spirit in prayer. I know you wouldn't share this maybe if this happened in your home, but I'm trying to help a mama and a daddy that you can get an antidote in your greatest struggle and in your greatest hour. I got in there and all of a sudden I moved up. I got up out of the floor and my son lifted his hands. I laid hands on his forehead and he, he prayed. I know he's prayed through before. He's a good kid. He loves God. But in that moment, there was a counter attack against the enemy between me and him. And healing, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Healing stepped in the room and God repaired and God brought us back together again. What are you saying? I'm saying through prayer and fasting and what the Holy Ghost is doing at the anchor and the season that you're going into, there's going to be healing in relationships. There's going to be healing in marriages. There's going to be healing in your children. Oh, somebody clap your hands and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. There's going to be healing. There's bomb in Gilead. Remain standing with me. His youth pastor, Pastor Tony, he said, Shane, He said, Brother Burns, he said, your son, he said, he's been one of the first ones in the altar calls. He said, he's been laid out on the floor for an hour, just laid out on the floor. His grandma told me, he said, he said, Shane, he said, she said, there's something different about your son. She said, something's changed. Something's different about him. And you know what I'm thinking? Devil! Daddy got a word from God! Yesterday afternoon, in the place that we're staying, I was going in and out of taking a nap yesterday afternoon. And when I I began to wake up from that nap, and I felt that phrase ringing in my ear, Devil! Daddy's got a word from God! Devil! Daddy's got a word from God! And I stood there like Paul stood on the Isle of Melita. He survived the sea, but we don't know if he's going to survive the serpent. The Bible says while he's kindling a little fire and puts wood on the fire, that venomous beast comes out and bites him on the hand. You'd have thought that a natural natural fire would have killed a viper. But that viper, in my opinion, he survived the natural attack because of their bad decisions. But now the man of God's under a spiritual attack. Because I'm of the opinion the fire should have killed the viper and the viper should have never been able to bite him in the first place. Because natural fires don't wipe out spiritual vipers. If I'd have fought that in the flesh, I'd have destroyed my son. But I went to war in the spirit. And when you go to war in the spirit, healing can come and blessing can come. And I can picture old Paul out there. I need all the praise team to come back. We're going to sing that song. I speak the name of Jesus over my family. So, sir, you and your team, come join me. Musicians, come get me up here. Come.
Come join me up here. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul standing out in the rain and in the cold, just trying to get warm near the fire? Pastor Nehemiah, he gets over there close and puts some wood on the fire, and that old venomous beast comes and bites him on the hand. <laughs> but guess who's not at the fire? Guess who's not on the island? Caesar. Hey, Paul, you're going to be brought before Caesar. Can you imagine that venomous beast biting him on the hand and him looking at that saying, hey, you see Caesar anywhere? Nope. Can I tell you when you get a word from God in the medical world, they give you the antidote after the attack, not God. He gave him the antidote on the boat before the viper ever bit him in the first place. I wish somebody just get happy about God's word. Come on, you can shake the beast off in the fire when you got the antidote before the beast ever bit you. I don't see Caesar anywhere. Hey, if the sea can't get me, the serpent can't get me either. If the wind couldn't get me, then the bite and the sting of the fangs can't get me because I got a word from God and it was the antidote. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You got to shake the beast off in the fire. You can do that when you got a word. When you get a word from God, it can change everything. Would you lift your hands with me all over this building? Come on, lift your hands and lift your voices all over this building right now. Come on, Paul, lift your voice with me right now. You say I'm in an attack, I know. Will you believe the report of the Lord? You're going to prayer and fasting and God's going to break some stuff for you. God's going to change some stuff for you. There's going to be a shift in the spirit for you. Come on, I want to hear your voice back here. I want you to lift your voice. There's healing for your marriage. There's healing for your home. There's healing. There's revival. There's a revival in your family. There's a revival in your family. Woo! Come on, let's pray right now. Let's get a hold to God right now. Viper messed up because when that viper bit Paul, it caused the blood to flow. And when the blood starts flowing, you better get ready because there's power in the blood. And when that viper bit his hand and that blood started flowing, somebody, you need to plead the blood over your family. You need to plead the blood over your children. Come on, there's a family revival. There's a family revival at the anchor. There's healing. There's unity. There's togetherness. You've got the antidote. Get your hands with me all over the building. 
Come on, lift your hands up high. You say, preacher, the storm has stopped my praise. Somebody in your middle of your storm, you ought to step out and start praising God. Somebody in the middle of the attack of the piper, you ought to lift your voice and start praising God. In the middle of your greatest hour, you ought to say, God, I believe God. I want to speak the name I believe your word, God. Be it unto me according to your word. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.